Are you blessed or are you cursed With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you wanna confide about the darkness inside Come and talk about it on self Okay, hello, hi, hi everybody, hi We're gonna do... We're gonna do a podcast. We're doing it right now. Okay, we got it out by the end of the week. It's uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. as I'm recording this. That's okay. I got it out, I don't know. Who cares about putting it out on a regular schedule? Not me. Well, you gotta do it every Thursday morning or this time and it's regular. It's better for your, it's better for your uh, SEO. It's better for your, shut up, nerd. I don't care. I put these out when I put them out. Now you got a nice little Friday night, Saturday morning podcast. Who knows when you're going to listen to this? Who cares? Hi. Welcome to Self Worst. I'm Brad Pearson. What's up? Hope we're having a good week. I'm having a pretty good week. Um, I just sent my first invoice to a client for doing some tech work. And uh, boy, does my imposter sy- boy is my imposter syndrome tingling right now. Well, is it just, uh, I don't know if anybody else has this, where you you bill somebody for hours doing a job, and you feel like you shouldn't, you feel kind of guilty, you're like, mm, please, I'm sorry, but it's some hours, and there's the rate, and if that's okay with you, no worries if not. So that's me, and I'm learning how to deal with that, and, uh, you know... We're just living our lives. This week, we're talking to Justin Williams. He's a comedian. I met him a couple of weeks ago. He's uh, he's based in New Jersey, but performs a lot in the uh, you know New York metro area, tri-state area, all over. You're going to hear about it. And uh, this was this was an interesting convo. He's uh, Justin was a bit of a tough nut to crack, but I think we got somewhere. Um, you know, as you will hear during the interview, he, uh, he just straight up doesn't like talking about himself. I'm not sure why he came on the show, but I'm glad he did. I appreciate it. I appreciate his time. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was an interesting convo. Funny guy. And, uh, I think we got somewhere. Some, some of these are hard. Some people come in guns blazing and they're like, let me tell you all about my shit. And some people, you you really gotta, you really gotta uh, jockey and position yourself and get in there and pry and be awkward. And that's the work. And guess what? I'm not invoicing any of you for it. This is free. This is on the free feed. But if you would like to chip in a little bit of money, you know, let me know. Uh, hit me up. Uh, hit me up. God. I'm not going back and editing that. Uh, there's a website. You might have heard of it called Patreon.com. Um, Patreon.com slash self worst is where you can chip in a little bit of money. But also, if you just want to Venmo me or whatever, you're allowed to do that. I won't stop you. But anyway, in any case, I appreciate it. And, you know, follow me on the socials, Radical Pearson Instagram. Twitter or X, Blue Sky, all of that. Uh, follow the show at Self Worst on uh, on uh, Instagram. That's it. 
I'm getting a bunch of texts. Uh, sorry, this is unprofessional. We have a guest. We have another guest who is not the uh, the the human guest of the show, Justin Williams. We have a house guest. We have this dog staying with us named Penny. It's kind of this big bird ish dog. It's a labradoodle. She's very nice, but uh, her and Dottie are both really bothering me for some attention. They want to go outside. They want to go do a thing. So let's go do that. Enough of this. I've been sitting at this fucking desk all week. Pounding out this shit. I need to go outside. It's a nice day. Get outside. Call it a day. Whatever you do. If you're just starting your day, fuck it. Call in sick. Who cares about being productive? I don't know. I'm really, really, really shooting from the hip on this one, if you can't tell. Uh, and that's all, I guess. Um, let's go to the interview uh, with Justin Williams. What brought you out to New York originally? Was it stand-up or was it teaching history? It was actually teaching history. I went to graduate school out at Stony Brook, uh, and I always knew I wanted to move to New York, so it was the only place I applied for graduate school, except for Ohio State. I didn't get in there. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I knew I wanted to come out. You know, I, I wanted to come live in the New York City uh, that no longer existed by the time I got here. I was like, I'm going to go hang out with the Wu-Tang Clan and all of that stuff, and I'll right. do that by going to graduate school on Suffolk County, Long Island in 2011. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. I mean... It- I, I try and think sometimes back on like what my first sort of like mythological impression of New York City is, like being from the Midwest myself. Um, and, you know, I guess like Sesame Street maybe did it. Like just like, you know, they'd have the live, the little live segments where they'd go shoot stuff like on the subway or whatever. And so like I just always had that, this impression, I guess, of what New York would look like and feel like. And, um, I came here for the first time in, oh God, 2008, I think. And like by then it was already pretty much like, like there was still like some remnant of that. It was still like, oh yeah, that's kind of looks like that. But like it, you could, you could feel it like going, you know, you'd like feel the vibe fading out of the whole thing. And it just like the more and more (laughs) I live here, the, the, the longer I live here, I don't know if it's, I'm getting used to it. Or if it's like fading out and becoming a whole different city or both, but it just feels less and less like some mythological place and more just like, hey, it's just this fucking big ass city I live in. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you got to go to the outer neighborhood. All the, you know, all the New Yorkers from popular culture, they're still around, but they're just like in like Sheep's Head Bay. Like mm-hmm. the, the guy that's like yelling, forget about it. Like, he's still there, but you have to go seek him out now. He's not, like, in core neighborhoods anymore. That guy bolted for Staten Island or Long Island like, a long time ago. I was just in Sheep's Head Bay yesterday, actually. Um, You know, we go down to the beach occasionally, and um, there's a sandwich joint down there, uh, like Jimmy's Subs or Jimmy's Sandwich, Jimmy's Heroes, whatever, um, that's, you know, just like a real old school, you know, it's like DeFonte's. It's like like an old school Italian um, you know, cold cuts, gabagool place. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's still very much the place. And it's Sheepshead Bay in particular, like it's charming. And you, I think about like, oh man, it'd be cool to like live down here and be so close to the water. But then you're like, 
a lot of Blue Lives Matter flags down here too. You know? like <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of that sort of uh, like Bernard Getz kind of New Yorker down here <laughs> instead of instead of the kind I'd like to interact with. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, you know, what I call those are I go uh, stick to the Yankees conversation. That's <laughs> yeah. what I call those people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's necessary sometimes. Do you find that you're um you're kind of able to do that in general with people? Um, and just kind of like keep things, you know, like eh, we won't go there, and we're just gonna kind of keep each other at arm's distance, or or is that something that like does conflict come up a lot for you? No, you you learn how to be averse to conflict, especially uh, growing up in formerly swing state Missouri, mm-hmm. and then going to college in the dead center of that, like Columbia, Missouri, right? You know, where you were at the center of the center, where like all things, you like you could tell who was going to be president based on the balance between like Boone County, you know, the rural County versus Columbia, the college town, right? It used to be this bellwether. It's not now. So you learn, you know, you learn kind of those things about which conversation for, you know, which people and things like that. Sticking to sports is the most amazing, I think, way to sort of get around any of those things. Even when I go to sporting events now, I always look around and go, it's amazing that Barack Obama was ever elected president of this country. (laughs) Um, <laughs> like like any sporting event, when you just you just turn around and look at the stands, and you're like, yeah, I, I would talk to the Jets with these people. Like you you would know that was that's the only way you could go. And I guess that's why sports is good, right? Uh, in a lot of ways, but it's a it's a big uniter. And you know, like I you know I I think we talked about this. Like I'm from Nebraska, so I I legally had to like football as a kid. Um, and you know, it, it's a whole culture. It's a whole. Um, I guess pretty much all we have there that like puts us on the map, you know, nationally, like it was getting us like national attention in the nineties when I was growing up there. So like, um, you know, it, you had to be sort of at least somewhat cognizant of the the conversation and who these people were and and what was going on with the team and everything. Um, and Mm -hmm. it felt good for a second to be kind of a part of something that was actually, that like it felt like the country was actually focusing on for a second because it just felt felt so often like like there was the rest of the world that you would see on TV. There was New York and Sesame Street and stuff, and there was you know there was there was Los Angeles, and then there was just this like liminal space in between that like I I I sometimes you know felt like I need to like pinch myself to make sure I even exist. You know what you know that feeling? Yeah, it was it was a lot yeah, like that's that. What- that's, so I love college sports, actually, though, because, you know, like, you know, it's the it's the it's it's this one context in American society where Tuscaloosa, Alabama gets to be king mm-hmm. and, and and talk down to other other places. You know, it's just like, don't even talk to us, Houston, Texas, <laughs> when it comes to, you know, when it comes to this subject, you know, and I think that's like, you know, I think that's one of the cool things about college sports where everybody can kind of get their moment under the sun you know and it kind of moves around a little bit and it's not and it, and being from a major metropolitan area isn't necessarily to your advantage right it's like uh you know new york city only has its moments where it's good at college basketball but yeah. it's not dominant because it's new york city and yeah and same thing yeah it's kind of more democratic on like the face you know because you're like oh there's not it's not like big cities you know get the first pick and you know it's not like the yankees who just get you know, they just get all the best players and they just have this like monster com- conglomerate team and they always win. Like, 
it's it's a little bit more democratic than that unless you kind of look at the price tag and you look at like how much these schools are spending on the on the college teams and then you're like oh okay so it's basically the same formula like the the huskers were just buying all of these like incredible athletes and uh you know having them go to school there and 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 it was it was just that It it was just that again it was just money talking yeah, they'll check up. They'll check up on the uh, test scores or anything, you know, for some of these places or the graduation <laughs> rates. <laughs> no. Um, so, uh, you know, what was what was Kid Justin like growing up uh, in Kansas City? Uh, it was good. I, I, I split time growing up between Kansas City and Dallas. Uh, so I had uh, I was a child of divorce. Mm. And my father had lived in Dallas since like 79 or something like that. Uh, and my mom's from the Kansas City. My dad is also from like Topeka, Kansas. But he like, uh, you know, he like a lot of black guys uh, saw 1970s Dallas in the Midwest. Maybe this reached all the way up to Nebraska, too, because, uh, you know, maybe like people in Omaha, you know, D- Dallas represented like employment and upper mobility and then also the glamour of like the you know the show tv show dallas Mm -hmm. and then there was also like the 1970s cowboys and so dallas kind of sort of thought of its like self as like almost like this like it it thinks of itself as like southwestern la yeah it was for a minute it was it was the jewel of the central time zone yeah you know yeah so it was this sort of beacon, especially in like the southern Midwest, which, you know, I would say that like Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, like that's all like I heard somebody try and split hairs the other day, by the way, try and say that like Iowa is the cutoff for the Midwest and Nebraska and Kansas are the Great Plains. And I'm like, you're splitting hairs. You're really splitting hairs here. I don't know if like it, 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 it kind of made me mad. <laughs> I don't know. They're, I mean, they're like only kind of right. I would, I would say the end of the Midwest as far as Western, I think once you get past the Kansas City, but once you get past Wichita, Kansas, mm-hmm. I think then you're kind of in the Great Plains. Like, but no, what I say, it's like, I don't know, you're splitting hairs. It's like, I don't know. You I think, like yeah, because like they were, those Lewis things were always, those things were always interchangeable for me you know what i mean like yeah, it, yeah. those terms the great plains and the midwest were kind of the same you know um yeah, yeah. the great plains are a part of the midwest or you know but not really yeah. vice versa like the the midwest is not part of the great plains you know, it's a rectangle is a square square is not a rectangle whatever um but yeah so so your dad was in dallas what was he doing uh, so he was part of the big corporate America boom of like Reagan era defense contracting. Oh, nice. So he worked for a company called FMC. He, he's like, he's like two historical like periods. It's like, it's like affirmative action where the first black people are getting in, into corporate America mm-hmm. and like defense contracting. <laughs> and then like Texas, like, you know, it's all, it's all of that. It's all like capitalism and stuff like that. So he's kind of like part of, uh, part of that kind of movement is what he was. Hmm. Um, did, do you think that had kind of like a, an effect on, um, his outlook on, on the world, on the country, on like what you ought to be doing with your life? Uh, yeah, I don't think he was prepared for any of it. I don't, I mean, like he was a kid from Topeka, Kansas. And like, I, you know, I went back there and lived for a while, but you know, you know, also like there are a lot of things out in that period. Like when you're coming as a kid from Topeka, Kansas, and then you get a six figure income in the eighties. And if you don't have like the mental maturity to handle all of that, mm-hmm. I don't think it was good. 
I don't it ultimately wasn't good for him. He also like has like personality disorders that he took into that. Like he's also a narcissistic personality disorder. Ah. Like classic. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, that, help, that yeah, helps with not, defense was, contracting. I mean, you know, I, th- I think that that would <laughs> that would that would uh, yeah. help out quite a bit in the in in the sort of like eighties Reaganite let's build some nukes kind of uh, mentality and like yeah fuck fuck it right money. He is, yeah, he has an interesting mix to where he is. Uh, I would say, like to his core, a black conspiracy theorist, mm. but is also like, uh, but I made a lot of money in the eighties. <laughs> it's like. Um, so when was your like kind of first inkling that he, that he had, you know, kind of these, these, uh, issues going on? Oh, uh, I mean, I think growing up, you, you know, I think if you grew up in like a kind of like, he's like a very troubled person. So I think when you grow up and you go, you just like reflect back on it, but we knew as a kid, it wasn't good. That's why we went to go live with our mom. We were ah. like, all right, we got to get out of here. This guy, this guy's nuts. Like by the time I was in seventh grade, I'm like, okay. You, you should not. None of this should be happening. Mom was chill. Um, so that was everything. when we made the book. She wasn't chill. She had the idea. You know, it was like very gendered expectation of like uh, boys should be with their father. Mm. And that, that was like a very normal thing then. But it's like, actually, that's actually not true necessarily. Was there some it's resistance like, for her? Uh, you know, like you coming back to, to live with her then? Was she just like, what are you, no, what are you doing? No. Like, no, we were like, come and get us. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> she's like, I understand. That's why we're divorced. They're right. like, yeah. What's it? Yeah, come on. We don't, boys don't need to be with their dad. Dad's crazy. Come get us. Was there, um, with your dad having like you know a good amount of money? Like, was there? Uh, he did until he messed everything up. Ah, he messed up all those did, opportunities. He did all of that. Okay. Yeah, he was like housing unstable through the nineties. Like, it, it's like uh, his, like he messes up every opportunity. Mm. that he that he gets and it's totally because of his personality wow what was it like watching him uh you know go through all of that watching someone destroy every like chance that they got was like it was pretty wild but i think it was in a way i think it was good for me because i understood like that you have to take advantage of every opportunity. And so I'm like the complete opposite. I, you know, I will, yeah, I take advantage of like everything that happens and it's been good for me. Um, but it's a wild thing to see someone who's so self-destructive that can't ever even take a victory. Yeah. And then you watch their life kind of get worse and just get worse and gets worse until you can't even actually watch anymore. That's like a wild thing. Did you ever have trouble with like internalizing like a lot of that? Because I know that like, a lot of people I talk to who have, you know, parents who are unstable for, you know, whatever reason, mentally, they, they've got an issue, addiction, whatever. Uh, there's this sort of like, well, if they're responsible for me, you know, like genetically and they kind of raised me and, and, and everything, then like that, that must have had some sort of imprint on me. Like this must mean something about me that I'm from that. Sure. I mean, a little bit like I have trouble with I don't have like normal um, I don't have normal relationships with people, mm-hmm. but I but it's not to the degree to where I'm, I'm not self-destructive in any economic basis. What, what do you mean <laughs> you, know? you don't have normal relationships with people? Oh, uh, like people have feelings like the way people normally relate to like having feelings about stuff. Like I don't have any of that. 
And I think it's very much like protective stuff for me. A child, mm. Like, you know, people are like, that's a sad thing that happened. How do you feel about that? I'm like, well, I don't really feel much about it. And they'll be like, well, no, that must have been a crazy thing. I'm like, yeah, must you're, have been. Well, then you're going to be a very interesting guest for this this uh, this, <laughs> this episode. This is going to be fun. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, talk, a, talk a little bit more about, um, you know, does it just feel... Uh, like kind of second nature to just clam up and, and just like have your, have your walls up, have your defenses up, or have you ever been able to let go of that? Have you ever wanted to let go of that and become vulnerable? I don't know. So I, I emotionally have much more in common with like the world war two generation. That's what I found, mm. uh, which actually makes me incredibly dated for somebody who's just getting ready to turn 40. But right. I totally like the, like I'm able to show affection maybe more than those guys, but I don't have the, like the whole thing of just like, you know what? It's going to have a little bit of whiskey and we'll work on it tomorrow. <laughs> you know, that's kind of like, like I totally get that, you know, the way those people like handled whatever their problems were. How's that been working out for you? been pretty good but you know i i i've been i've been uh i've been I've, you know like i'm i also am not a, a super addictive personality mm -hmm. so, but i'm a binge personality so it's like i'll have a wild 24 hours or whatever but then that's it it doesn't continue it can never interfere with other other things you know that's good um, yeah you're so able those, to kind of turn it off yeah yeah i think well i think there's yeah i i'm able to to control my impulses to a point it doesn't now i still have the Whatever that impulse is, I'm able to just channel it into short bursts of things and then be able to kind of move on mm -hmm. from it rather than letting it become like a cycle or something like that. It feels like you're, uh, you know, kind of letting the letting the beast out in some way, um, letting, letting yeah. him out of his cage, let him run around for a while until he's gassed and then and then put him back away. Yeah. But other people are like, what the hell was that yesterday? <laughs> the other people, you know, the other people are like, that's not a normal, you know. So that's a problem. You have to like, you know, when you get in a situation where you get married or something like that, you know, you have like a spouse. Mm -hmm. Kids be like crazy for 24 hours. Uh, so those, you know, those kind of things, you know, I think are, have been sort of an adjustment. And it, and it played a role in, I think, a lot of relationships ending before that because people were like, oh, it's great until like that 24 hours or whatever. Right. And what happens in those 24 hours? Can you can you uh, can you give some examples? Oh, I just, well, I just, you know, I'll get very angry and stuff. Not even like, not like violent or anything, but I'll just get angry and I'll be like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. and, and if it's like, you know, if I'm in a relationship, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. I will talk to you tomorrow. And people are like, you can't do that. That's not an acceptable thing. I'm like, well, this is what I need. I need to not speak to anyone mm -hmm. for 24 hours or something like that. You know what I mean? People just want to resolve uh, it right then and there. And, and, and you're like, no, let's, let's deal with it tomorrow. Yeah. We'll still be there tomorrow. It's not happening. Yeah, I'm like, there's, it's not resolving it. Or, or your 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 need to try to resolve it is also a source of frustration that's making this worse. Hmm. Hmm. How does so a lot uh, of people don't relate? To, a lot of people don't relate to that. You know, they, they right. don't know how to. You know, what uh, usually triggers it? Like like anger wise, what is it that usually like gets to you? Uh. So frust like frustration, like seeing things that are inefficient or doing things that are I don't want to do mm -hmm. or doing something that's stupid. <laughs> I think it's like stupid. Uh, that kind of stuff, like things where I'm like, oh, my God, this is the obvious 
choice. Why are we, do, you know, like, why are we doing it? Right. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff. So it's it's hard to just kind of like go along and, and be a team player on on like some, uh, you know, going out on some, you know, like a a, a, a dumb night that you didn't want to go to go go and see some concert that like you have no interest in. But like, you know, your girlfriend's really oh. wants to go see this or that or like, oh, we got to go see uh, my uncle or whatever. And he sucks. But, you know. Yeah, like a Goo Dolls concert, that's going to be brutal. <laughs> and if it's like hot, like if it's like hot and there's a Goo Dolls concert. Like uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. No, it it I it's I've noticed it also because I cannot relate to actually children. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you know because they do things that children do, or they're just like, I'm gonna break that. You know they don't know why they're doing it. And I'm like, why would you do that? Right now you I don't, don't have understand. that thing. Anymore. I don't know. Now it's broken. Idiot. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like a two year old. <laughs> and then, you know, and they just do they just do stuff that two year olds do, and I'm like, I don't know, because I've never been around, I've never been around mm-hmm. children, and I never, I don't, I don't think I ever had those kind of impulses as a child. I never had this idea that you were allowed to like act out. Mm. So that makes that makes like children like incredibly, like I don't I don't really understand them. How was that like communicated to you? Like, did you ever like as a kid you? act out once and then you're like oh that's never gonna happen again like was that communicated to you yeah i mean sure like in all kinds of ways it's like you know it could be if it's termed as misbehaving or like in school they, they could say you're doing attention seeking behavior so like i yeah i used to get like uh i used to like all the other kids and stuff i always used to want to talk to all the other kids but you can't do that at school so i never got recess like I always had my recess. <laughs> like you tried to talk to them like God. during. You tried to talk to them like during class. Like as, as yeah, things I'm, were going on. I'm the, I, I, I was at school for the other kids. I wasn't there for the right. Yeah, it's funny that, that you know, uh, so, like kid Justin, you know, loves other kids and wants to relate and wants to socialize, and then grown up Justin, like you have this like. I, I can't relate to people. I, don't, I, I can't have this. I, 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 there's this distance, this gap between me and um, between me and, and, and my peers and especially like me and like kids. I, I don't fucking get those things at all. Oh, I relate to peers at whatever stage of my life. If you're a kid and I'm a kid, I'm like, I get you. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't get the, I don't get children. Uh, uh, it's a very you, weird. You've thing. forgotten what it's what it was like. Well, yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, my kid is like very excited about just basically anything, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's cool because I'm rediscovering it. I'm like, he's just like fire trucks, yeah, right. I'm like, I'm like, okay, he's yelling about fire trucks. Yeah, they're everywhere. Actually, our tax dollars pay for them. It's fine. It's good that they exist. I guess <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, I've learned how to like talk to talk about. It. So I'm like, oh wow, fire trucks. I'm like, did you used to like that? I don't know. um does yeah i mean you you kind of alluded to this but like does does seeing your kid you know kind of get excited about the world um you know help you kind of reconnect or or remind you that like oh man world used to be like really fucking exciting and 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 now it's just the world 
Yeah, I mean, I still kind of think that, but yeah, seeing it through him and like taking him places is like been a nice thing. Like we went to the zoo the other day, mm-hmm. and he's just like really, he's really into the penguins and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, penguins are pretty cool, you know. Um, so that's been like, yeah, kind of, kind of nice. But it's also like it's a child that does then he doesn't do what you want him to do. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm just gonna lay down now, and you go, you can't lay down in the zoo. And he's like, well, I don't want to get up. And I'm like, I don't. I don't understand that impulse. Mm. And my wife is like, he's a child, you know, he got to And I'm like, I don't, I don't get this. I don't know how to deal with this. So, I mean, then, you know, it sounds like both of you kind of have a, it's like a war of attrition because like, that's, that's both of your, uh, like methods for just like, well, no, I'm not going to no. And, <laughs> and so like, I guess at some point something's got to give, I mean, I guess if he's not going to get up, you can just kind of, pick him up by his shirt and, and just carry him to the car or whatever. So you have, you know, you have the height advantage for now, but what, well, I know she's right. I just wasn't raised around like a lot of kids. And I think I also, I had to, I, uh, differences in our upbringing. I had to grow up way faster than she did. Mm-hmm. And that's like a huge thing. Cause I, I was, I was, I was basically by the time I turned 17, I was like a full on adult in the way that I was out of the house and supporting myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those, I wasn't emotionally a full adult, but I like had jobs and like I bought my own car and I it was just like there were like she had support systems available to her growing up that I never would have dreamed of. Mm. Uh, And I think that's kind of a thing to where, you know, you don't have time for emotional growth when you're working at Burger King to pay for your Buick Skyhawk when you're 16, you know, do you um, do you resent that? No, it, it's I, I think it leads to like a level of uh, emotional weakness. But my success as a person is also due to that. So I, I don't it's like it's like you can't be successful all around as a person. It's like you're very good <laughs> at providing for yourself and being like independent and things like that. It's a huge mm-hmm. emotional thing that that's cost you relationships in your life. Yeah, But I kind of look at it as like, you know, you could try to be better. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, you weren't going to have it all. Are you a complainer when you like are in a mode of like, I don't want to be doing this right now? Um, do you feel the impulse to like just complain and make jokes? And, and like, is that where like maybe your sense of humor comes from? Because like, I, I know a lot of people that like that you can kind of look at it like, you know, sense of humor and, and like comedic skills, comedic powers, artistic powers, whatever can sort of come from the light side or the dark side. And I don't think that that, like, if it comes from the dark side, I don't think that necessarily makes you, like, bad or whatever. It just means that, like, your power as an artist stems from something negative within you. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I've had interactions, too, like, where I'll make a joke, like, uh, you know, like, at a family event with my wife's family or something. I'll make a joke about, you know, like, not wanting to do something and i can see how it does not translate because it's like well we're all hanging out together and i'm like well i don't like to hike and i think that's funny <laughs> and it's like it's it, there's no it's like it's complete visit they're like you are you are negative and it's totally like yeah i know but it's like funny and uh, there's you know there's there's something kind of lost in the translation there so but i think it's also about the, the way i emotionally relate to things it's also like 
I don't have this thing where I need to be around people all the time. And my mm-hmm. family's not like that. My mom's not like that. And so for people that have grown up in like a wholesome and like supportive environment, they can't under, they can't understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, it might even be translated negatively in a lot of ways. It's like, oh, you don't want to be. It's like, no, I don't have anything to do with that. It's not negative. It's just I don't need all right. Of this. It's not that I don't like you. It's just that like I'm good. I could I could just stand to, you know, go read a book or whatever or, you know, do some laundry. I don't need I don't need you. I don't need you in my ear doing this. I don't need this. I don't need this blah 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 blah. You know, like it's is yeah, it, it could that? be seen as being aloof. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just yeah, it's, it could just be seen as being aloof. And I get that. You know, it's just I'm just like it's just not. Right. I don't, to, I don't really know what to say. Um, when I think people, people get it. yeah, when do people get, I mean, do people get, uh, frustrated and, and like angry with you and like, how does that feel for you when, when they have that, you know, like experience of just like, you're not, why isn't this upsetting you or why aren't you enjoying this or why aren't you doing this or that? Like, does it, does it, um, stick with you? Does it, does it give you like, uh, a feeling or is it or is do you just kind of process that too is just like well okay <laughs> i don't think yeah well for a lot of people it's confusing because socially i'm very outgoing and i have like a big circle of people that mm-hmm. i keep in touch with and so they wonder why i want to be like left alone in private because it's a different thing there's like times where it's like i just want to sit alone for like 48 hours mm-hmm. or something like that what do you and do so, in those 48 you know, hours Oh, I don't know. I think I think usually I go on Amazon and I look <laughs> and I go, what what have they come up with next? Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I go to J Crew Factory website to get dressed. J Crew Factory is where it's at. Yeah, they've got some great deals on there. I, I so, can spend you know, a lot they, of time. You know, on that, I don't know about forty eight hours, but I could spend a lot of time on that site. It's fun. It's a great site. Yeah. And, you know, so that kind of stuff. So people, you know, I think people, if they have an intimate relationship with me, they don't understand that. They're like, how can this guy go and have it on out there? But then he's like very solitary, which I, th- I would imagine com- the comedians that don't, that, that turn it off. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have that same probably frustration with them and their personality. They mm-hmm. see like a stage person. They see a social media presence or whatever, even though I've actually kind of stopped posting on social media at this point. But uh <laughs> But they, they they see all these things and then it doesn't match the person who's just like sitting on the couch watching Sopranos reruns. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like you know, obviously, like I've talked to like a lot of comics at this point, and um, you know, when you guys are up there, yeah, it's I can see how people would have a different expectation of like what you're really going to be like, um, and you know, it has to just be like. I don't know, annoying to have people just expect that of you all the time because it's just like, no, I'm I'm usually just like a person and I know that it looks like when I'm up there, I know exactly what to say, exactly when to say it and I've always got some sort of like retort or whatever. But most of the time, I'm just kind of like going about my day and then if something interrupts my flow, if like I get a call out of nowhere that's like, you know, it's like the bank and they're like, hey, uh, you overdrafted your account. And then I'm like, uh, n- uh, no, I didn't. And like, it, it's it's just I'm completely flustered and I'm, you know, I'm not feeling like I'm the the showy guy. You know, it's 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 weird. Just a person at the end of the day. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's just like you know, I, I imagine some people probably felt like cheated because they're like, oh, the public gets this person, and then the private they get this person or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, who's like is actually kind of like has antisocial kind of tendencies. And I get that. I'm like, that's yeah, probably pretty frustrating. <laughs> Can't help it though. I'm still gonna go on Amazon. That must suck. Like, I need for to you. send anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like yeah. Justin likes to be on Amazon for six hours in a row sometimes. <laughs> um, so have you ever um, gone to uh, any type of therapy? Yeah, I went to uh, a therapist uh, before I got married, uh, mm. marriage counseling. What was the uh, impetus for that? Was it just like sort of one of the uh, stipulations of getting married? Well, no, my, well, my wife was like, I don't want to marry someone who doesn't talk for 48 hours. You know, he gets angry. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I said, I said, it could be worse. <laughs> She's like, could be 72. Yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, uh, but uh, so the you know, therapy was okay. I don't want to do it ever again, though, because I just, it, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't say, I wouldn't say things are fixed, but I learned enough to where I stopped most of my drastic behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, I won't just get in an Uber now during a fight. You used to just get in an Uber. I would, well, I would. That's something I would do. Like I'd be like, you know what? I'm just going to get an Uber. Would you, like while talking to them about just like I'm not like, saying that I'm not, and you're just like looking for like Ahmed on your phone. Yeah, I'd just be like, this conversation has become unpleasant. I, I'm going to get into an Uber now. Wow how do how do people how do people take that? Oh. they People don't like it when they're trying to like uh, have a discussion with you. <laughs> you have something you probably may have done, and you just get right into it. Uber. You just blow the little whistle, and a little pterodactyl comes and picks you up, and whoop, gone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They don't like that. And they're like, you should see someone about that. Mm-hmm. What uh, What is it that you so learned? I don't do that I mean, anymore. Um, what you said, you 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 learned a lot, um, and, and you know, like I don't think that everybody needs to be in therapy all the time forever um i think it's you know it's a good thing for people to check out you know this is a very pro therapy podcast but you know like full disclosure i'm not in therapy right now mostly just because i can't afford it but um yeah you know uh yeah i've been i was in for a long time and i kind of feel like i owe my life to it so like at the risk of like you know, proselytizing too much about like the magic of therapy. Like this, that's kind of what I do with this show, you know, like I, I, uh, I hope that I don't come off too like, I don't know, pushy or culty with, with like the idea of like, you should, everybody should be in therapy. Cause I think that that's like a big thing in our generation too. It's just like therapy, 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 men have to be in therapy, blah, blah, blah. And I agree, but I'm yeah. also just like, Hey, can we, all right. I, I think, some of us are actually kind of okay where we're at. No, I should be in therapy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get mad at the suggestion. I'm just like, I'm not. <laughs> I can't go back. I, I'll go back. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I have to figure it. I have to what was it, it that, I learned that it, makes uh, you not I, want to go back? Oh, oh I don't like uh, talking about myself mm. that much, but you know what? I, but it was good to hear. It was good to, you know, 
you know, you establish what your patterns are. Like I've broken like the most extreme versions of my behavior. So that was like, it was good for that, but it didn't like, I wouldn't say it fixed everything. Um, and it wasn't supposed to, like I, I needed to stay in it longer for that. Right. Like I get that, but I was like, uh, it's also like time, like I'm an incredibly busy person and it requires, um, levels of time that become hard for me because I am like someone who is doing like five different things. It becomes hard for me to justify time. Mm -hmm. So now you, um, you don't call an Uber anymore, but you, you will, you know, you'll walk out, but like they can, they can still catch up to you if they really want, you know, it's, it's not like you, you, you completely vanish. It's not like you speed away. They just, they'll just have to follow you. Right. Yeah. So that is a incremental Another improvement, ride. right? Oh yeah. I can stay in the same building now. Oh, that's pretty good. Very, Same building and everything. Yeah, I'm on that. That's yeah. fine. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty break, big breakthrough, actually. Yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm very conflict averse. Mm. Um. So, but that gets to a fault. That becomes then you're just not addressing whatever somebody's trying to get you to stop doing. You're like, well, this feels like conflict. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with conflict is if you avoid it, it's still there. <laughs> Um, yeah. it doesn't actually, that doesn't actually defeat it. You know, like the, the only way through is through, you know, and, and, and it, it sucks. Like I, I speaking as a conflict avoidant person, uh, myself, um, you know, and I think I may be conflict avoidant for a lot of opposite reasons than you. If I'm, if I'm to read this, like I mm -hmm. get too passionate. I get a little, I get. I get a little heated sometimes with conflict and I get reactive and I say things I don't mean. And I, uh, just really act in an uncool <laughs> way. I mean, not, not like I'm not like a violent guy, but I'm like a, uh, I just act like an asshole. I just act like a, like a, a fucking petulant asshole and just get mad. And then I'm just, furious and then there's just no target for it and then i'm not proving my point and then i get even madder you know then then i look like an idiot you know and and so like i prefer to not get into conflicts with people because i know that like i won't be able to handle it i will spaz out i will yell i will um say some stupid shit i will trip over my words and then i will spiral about it for the next, um, the rest of my life, you know, like I, I have, I have arguments that I fucked up in like 2012 that I still think about that. I'm still just like, fuck man. Like, did you really have to go there? Did you really have to like handle it that way? Did you really have to like, just, just have a hard time just like processing that and, and just like letting that go. So I am, I am, uh, you know, the 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 hot version of of conflict avoidance i'm too spicy for conflict you sound like you're more like the cold version where you're just like mm, no yeah i try to avoid you, you know the way you get i guess i guess that when i smoke weed that's why i quit smoking weed because i always think about something i said to somebody that was messed up uh, years ago <laughs> and then i and then i start crying really you cry uh, no I, I don't cry but but no it feels bad the whole night like i can't shake it mm-hmm so that's why, I, that's, that's why I don't even smoke weed anymore, man. It's always like, hey, remember when you told that kid, yo mama in fourth grade? And he's like, my mom is dead. Right. And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> Awkward. This kid's totally over. 
It's yeah. amazing how yeah, well yeah. our brains catalog all of the cringiest moments of our lives. Um, like yeah. they're just they're just filed away like kind of perfectly. And what's even weirder is it's sometimes hard to even like uh like manually access them, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to like voluntarily come up with like if you were to ask me like what's a time you said something you probably shouldn't have? Like I'd have to like think about it for a second, but what I would really be able to do is not think about it for like a week and then just like this Thursday afternoon it would just like hit me in the middle of like you know my day I'm at work and then all of a sudden just like awful embarrassing mortifying thing that I said or did just comes back to me and it's like hits me like a freight train I'm like oh my god oh my god <laughs> like I am so embarrassed and and, and it's still all there it still feels like it's it like just happened it's fucking crazy with being, you know, conflict avoidant, like, what I have learned is, uh, I mean, there's no way around it. And a good day isn't one where you don't have conflict. A good day is one where you, you know, you live by your principles. You you stick to your guns and, and you do, you, 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 you keep the, the, the bus going in the direction that you want it to be going in, right? And that might mean that you're going to like run into some, you know, bumps on the road. Um, but the hard part is coming to that decision and being like, okay, we're going to have to talk about this now, you know? And, and when you're not ready to do that, because you can kind of just in theory, just keep deferring it forever. But that's not, that's really kind of no way to live because then you have just, avoided like 75% of your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I realize it's not good. It's, <laughs> it's good to have never bought anything to a resolution either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that's not good. Uh, so that, yeah, but that, so therapy was good to recognize I was doing mm -hmm. that. I, I will say it was very rewarding. I, I'm very happy. I did it, but I'm like scared to death to ever go back though. Wow. What do you, um, what are you afraid that you might like find in there? Like, I just don't, I don't like talking about myself. Hmm. So that's also a thing I, I really don't. I know that seems weird. We're in a podcast. Right. We're in a podcast like that, where you're talking really, about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't really, I, I don't see anything. I don't, I don't see anything. I, I don't know how to think, uh, on scale. I don't mm -hmm. know how to think about like, hey, this is about like helping you. I'm like, I'm like, there are so many more important things to talk about. Mm -hmm. There's so many other people that need help, or there's so you know, it's like, I don't have that bad of problems. Ah, you know, I'm self sufficient. That old chestnut. My problems aren't that bad. There's people starving in the world. There's people with serious issues. There's people without a leg. There's people with you know, yeah, blind. There's I'm, people. I'm that, not gonna sit here. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna cry about whatever happened right. to be in here. Like right. it's like there's there's what you know, and people are like, no, actually, but your experience is like really important and stuff like that. So I have a hard time kind of listening to that because I have that like that. It's very much like World War II generation mentality. It's like, well, you just shake it off and. Uh, Keep right. moving. I don't know what you crying about it. 
kind of kind of thing, you know. How do you feel about that, like philosophically, as a way to get through life versus you know breaking everything down? Like your own preference on it and and how it applies to you, notwithstanding. Like just on a macro level, do you think it's better for uh, society to like if if people kind of look at themselves and introspect, or if people just sort of like white knuckle through it? <laughs> no, it's terrible to white knuckle through it. It's so bad. <laughs> it's such a bad idea. Yeah, it's like a uh yeah, they're all yeah, you know, it's all bad. Yeah, so you know, it's like it's just you know, it's just recognizing recognizing that kind of like I think kinda you know, it's just like a personal weakness, you know what I mean? I'm like, it's bad. I know it's bad. It's just like one of those things. But you know, I, I, I don't think I don't I don't believe people over I don't I don't ever extend my not wanting to share to other people. Mm-hmm. I don't see other people as like whining or other things. I'm like, I, I really am interested in people's kind of experience and things. And mm-hmm. one thing is the way I treat people in society doesn't match the way I treat myself. Like I'm very open to hearing like what happened to you and how did I make you feel and stuff like that. I'm not one of those people where it's like, shut up, you're whining, which is right. also why people are confused by me. Cause they're like, this guy's politics are great, but his interpersonal doesn't match because they're like this guy will accept anybody he's really empathetic when it comes to other people but he won't be in like very uh personal relationships right so that's another reason that's a source of confusion for people i think you know you'd make a good therapist honestly because you're really (laughs) good at listening to other people and yet you are able to maintain a distance which is a very important thing in therapy you don't want to get enmeshed with your client you don't want to tell them about like all of your shit you don't want them to get in your head and yeah nobody getting in your head right so like you could you could just i don't know i mean 40s is not too late for a career pivot yeah you know it's very uh yeah it's a very interesting thing of being like i understand why that's wrong I have learned from it, and I will apply none of those lessons to myself. That's <laughs> good. I mean, like in a way, like being able to kind of compartmentalize it uh, sounds like you know it, it it works in a way. Yeah, it works for me. It's not healthy, it, it, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I very much. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I don't. I don't allow anything to really become like a. I, I see like, like a setback. Hmm. Has anyone ever, and don't take this the wrong way, has anyone ever thought that maybe you're like on the autism spectrum? I don't know. No, I wouldn't be offended by that. No, I haven't been diagnosed. People have, yeah, people have been like ADHD. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, there are a lot of things where people are like, hey, man, have you seen anybody? <laughs> I'm like, no. I don't do that. I don't, <laughs> I don't see be like people. A- <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 I want it to be like, uh, you know, like, uh, did you see the, the that bad Predator movie? The uh, one they just one? made, the Shane Black one, oh, the one no. where it was like the one that that should that should destroy the entire franchise. The Adrian Brody one is that it? Predators plural? No, that no. that one's good. Okay. No, th- this this was just called uh, the Predator. The Predator, and it was okay. Shane Black directed okay. it, and it's, and it's terrible. And well, the pop the plot point is that a child with autism can speak the Predator language. <laughs> they turn autism into a superpower. <laughs> and, uh, and I know that that's problematic, but that's the way I like to think about uh, mm-hmm. uh, if, if, that's, if that's true. Also, I don't even know really what autism is. So that's also <laughs> it's a little wonky. And I think people's definitions of it, like even in like 
my lifetime, like the course of understanding uh, autism and neurodivergence and all of that, like it's changed a lot. I mean, I think there was a new edition of the DSM uh, that came out in the last 10 years or something like that, that eliminated the term Asperger's syndrome. Like that's gone. Like the quote unquote high functioning autism. Like that's, that's not referred to that as as that anymore. Um, we don't use Asperger's anymore. No, that's, that's, that's an outdated or outmoded uh, term. It's, it's now seen as like, uh, autism is like a spectrum, you know, you got all the way from like, oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, like, like Rain Man kind of guy who's like, like barely verbal and can't like really fully, you know, have a job in an apartment and take care of themselves. Like they're going to need help their whole lives to like get through shit. And then you have people who are just like, oh, they're just a little awkward. Like they're just like, they don't quite pick up on social cues. They don't know quite when uh, the person is tired of talking to them. They don't quite know that, you know, like, they just don't pick up on that and they have like these really fanatical interests in, you know, Legos, dinosaurs, history, trains is a big one, you know, like stuff like that, you know, that, that they like can really drill into, um, you know, to, to make a big generalization of, of, of the, the autism spectrum, as I understand it as a layman. Oh yeah. I've, oh, but. oh, that's actually, that, that makes sense. I have, uh, every, uh, couple of years I lock in on something. Mm-hmm. And then I just keep doing it or talking about it until it becomes it becomes finished, uh, which actually makes you very good at being a graduate student in history. Yeah, when you're just like you like lock in on your dissertation topic and that's all you want to talk about or read about. So yeah, maybe that's what it is. I I do know. Yeah, I I didn't know whether it was uh, you could say it's autism or whether I'm obsessive compulsive mm-hmm. uh, to where I get like locked into loops of interest. Do you do you have yeah, like yeah, usually, um like compulsions like I have to do this by this time this kind of thing? Uh no, I don't keep regular schedules. Mm-hmm. Uh but I do uh when I work, I go in I work like for long it's like binge working. Mm-hmm. Like I'll go into a day You to get into a I concentration become, hole. Yeah, yeah, I just work all like yeah. I work for an entire day. Your wife like, has to come and pry you away from your desk. Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's the thing. I, I'm an ADHD boy, and uh, that I, I feel like the two are very similar. Um, the ADHD uh, can really manifest itself in, into, you know, like hyperfixation is the, the clinical mm-hmm. term for it, where you just like get fucking laser focused on something. And it's weird because it's hard to control when it's on and when it's off. Um, because like, you know, I was working from home today. I was trying to do some, like, I'm, I'm working on a couple of websites. Um, and I, for like an hour or so at a time, I could, I could get into like a groove, but like a lot of times it's really hard for me to like get started and keep going with it. And so it just feels like this, like superpower you have no control of over, like, you know, like, um, like a fucking, like Cyclops with his with his eye beam, like he can't turn it off. You know, he has to have like something in yeah. front of his face. Um, it's sort of like that, where it's just like, well, sometimes this is great because I can use it to my advantage, and sometimes it really just fucks everything up in sight. You know, because I just cannot mm-hmm. focus on anything, and like I'm just, I'm just uh, like, uh, what's the term? Um, 
executive function is just like out the window. Just e- even like scheduling something, sending an email, doing anything like that. It's just like not. Oh, I'm unable to schedule. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Scheduling's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, like it's actually like impossible. So, uh, yeah, I, I lack minor details, but there's big picture. It's like I can't schedule. But I will have that seven thousand word essay to you, mm-hmm. if you just get me, just give me like three days of mm-hmm. like crushing it. Uh, so that's the thing. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very productive, but then it's also baffling for people because it's like, but you can't remember blah blah blah. blah. Like it'd be like a just like a basic detail, right? You know? Just absent-minded with with uh, certain things that don't pertain to the thing. That is like the yeah, target. Yeah. Anything else outside of the target, you're a little myopic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. That's a, that's a, that's totally a thing, man. <laughs> that's totally a thing. Um, <laughs> it's um, yeah. It, it, it can feel really. Um, I don't know. In my experience, um, and you can tell me if this is like the case for you. Like when you are in that fucking groove, when like you are like getting shit done and like cranking something out line by line by line and just like getting the fucking thing done. Nothing better in the world. Like, but it's also because there's like nothing else in the world and you can just sort of, yeah, just lose yourself in, in a task. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that that's the thing that a lot of people don't, uh, get about, you know, uh, I don't know, ADHD, autism spectrum, neurodivergent kind of people. I, I feel like our understanding of what those two things are is constantly sort of changing and updating and upgrading. And I, I have a theory that eventually people are going to kind of like see those things as more similar than, than we do now. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, my whole life, I've been really frustrated with myself with like having a hard time applying myself to shit and you know especially with like work because if i'm forced to do something to concentrate on something that i don't give a fuck about then there is no making me do it is that the case for you like do you have to like actually want to do the thing or can you like convince yourself that like well i wouldn't normally care about this but they are paying me to do this or this is you know uh my prerogative to do this so therefore i will uh, unleash the the mental laser beam on it. No, I think it's usually like I have signed up for this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always like the take the take every opportunity aspect of it is like mm-hmm. I will sign up for this so it will get done. Right. And uh, so now now I think the good thing is that I've, I'm getting into the point now to where I'm like only going to do like two things. Mm. Uh, I always tell people I'm trying to get down I'm trying to get down to two jobs. That ought to be enough. Down the two I mean, uh, one ought to be enough for fuck's sake. But yeah, we all know the economy we're fucking living in. <laughs> like, I got three. Yeah. So you know, it's um, <laughs> it just is what it is. But um, yeah. yeah, what what are the two things? Uh, so I just I you know I'm gonna uh, continue to be a history professor, and then I'm gonna own a, a a performance venue in downtown Newark. Nice. And sometimes perform there. So like, uh, I won't. But I won't be doing like the 17 jobs that I've been doing before. Like I, I was like, let us run a newspaper and sometimes I'll do this and then sometimes I'll do that. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'll, I'll do two jobs and then I'll raise my son. And now that's that's where I'm kind of transitioning into that. I'm sorry. I'm giving notice to the other 11 jobs 
that sounds no longer manageable. That sounds perfectly reasonable. Like that sounds like a, I mean, like two jobs and a kid, plenty, plenty for a man to take on. Yeah. Like that is that is perfectly reasonable. Um, so you got like all that stuff stacked up, I assume, by you know your your uh, habit of taking every opportunity and saying kind of yes to everything. Yes. Boom, 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 boom. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have Which, like? Do you look back on your life and and you feel like there's a lot of like? Because I got this too, where I think like, God, I used to think I wanted to make comics. I used to think I wanted to do this. I used to think I wanted to do that. And I have all these like unfinished or like half finished or like I only did one and then moved on kind of kind of projects that. I try and not think about too much because it makes me really sad when I think about like the things that I've uh, uh, abandoned or walked away from because part of like part of me almost feels bad for the thing that I left. And part of me almost feels like, like bad about myself that I couldn't stick with it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of those. I mean, there's certain things like I never fully learned the French language. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, there's only a few things, but usually what happens is I do think I get it to a point to where it's to where it's complete, and then it's usually part of a project where it's like something else would not it would not it otherwise exist without me. I always get it to the point of existence. Mm-hmm. It may not be sharp, but it will exist, yeah. and somebody can take it and keep it going or not. That's kind of the way I usually. That's a good way of looking at it. That's a good way of looking at it. So, um, we're we're approaching an hour. So, like, how how do you feel now that uh, you know we've we've uh, talked about all this stuff? I feel good. This this makes me maybe want to go back to therapy. Ah, <laughs> wow! If I could have and also that kind some, of a, and also I want to see an autism specialist now. <laughs> I mean, like, look, I will give you I will give you the caveat of caveats. I'm just a fucking guy. I am not. I, I I know what I know because I've just. Oh, I'm not offended. Been a very depressed I, I be. and crazy person my whole life, and I've learned a lot about therapy and different mental disorders and stuff. So I'm giving it an educated guess, but I am not uh, like diagnostically actually equipped to you know to do that. So that you know caveat. Oh, I know. No, I'm not offended. Like it's actually because it just seemed like I was. T- uh saying hey these are my behaviors and it turns out that they were matching like the definition it seems pretty <laughs> likely i don't know i'm not a doctor again but that would be my uh uh unprofessional guess yeah <laughs> yeah i think i'll go see yeah i'll go see uh, somebody but you don't get they don't give you medicine for autism though, right? no um that's so not usually I, just, I, just, I mean i just need to be aware yeah, I think it's more about understanding it and, you know, like, like I kind of like what you already did in therapy, like sort of understanding your processes and how you relate to the world and what your patterns are and um, what your triggers are, what can um, cause you a problem, what can really like derail you and just getting a better handle on that, understanding it and, and knowing that like, you know, it's not that there's even like it's not your fault and there's not really anything wrong with you you know it's it's just that this is the way you're wired and you can use that to your advantage and you you know you will have good and bad days 
you know, and, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely like you're responsible for your own behavior, but there is an explanation to some of it. Uh, and it just feels a little better at the end of the day. Um, that would, that would be what I would say about it, I guess. That sounds good. Yeah, man. Um, so, uh, thank you so much for talking to me, Justin. This has been really lovely. Uh, let's do plugs and stuff. I want, I want people to, you got a new album out and I want people to hear about that and you know, your show and everything. So, so let's talk about that. Yes. Uh, please, uh, get my new album. It's called Justin Williams, America's little cutie baby. <laughs> uh, you can get it on, uh, iTunes. It's a, it's about an hour of stand up comedy. So if you want the Justin Williams experience, and your headphones that's a good place to get it and then i'm also uh, one of the co-hosts of science 101 a show at caveats on the lower east side of manhattan and i also produce the brick city comedy review in downtown newark so if you want to see any of those shows i'm I'm all all across the tri-state area i'm gonna get a show in connecticut soon so keep out for that i'll be in bridgeport connecticut at some point connecticut come see me all right. All yeah. of my listeners who uh, live near Connecticut or have a car, um, you know, go, go check it out. Well, you can take the Metro North. Take the <laughs> yeah. Metro North. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, find a way up there, man. Thank you once again to Justin Williams for being on the show. Uh, it was a fun talk. Like I said, I think we got somewhere. I always try. You know, I, 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 I try and I try and I, I try and get in there. I try and throw a rope out and make a connection. And I try and, and not hit the person in the face with the rope and knock over a glass on their table. You know, I try and like not be obnoxious with it. I don't know. It's a real give or take. It's a real invoice situation. You gotta do it, but it's mad uncomfortable, but it's rewarding. And that's life. Really makes you think. Okay, so anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, listen for me on uh, Everyone is Hot, friend podcast. Uh, I've had both Michael and Shelly on, and now we're going to talk. Uh, I'm going to go on their podcast. How about that? So listen for that. It should be sometime this week, next week. I don't know. Whenever you listen to this, just find it. That's all. I'm going to go and uh, stand around outside and just look up at the sky. Um, I'm Brad Pearson, and until next week, um, I love you.